Liz Tahura, thank you for being here again on Wednesday morning. Absolutely. Always my favorite day of the week. Really? Uh, great. Well, just so you know, I can give you some of the feedback. Last week, your presentation to our Cannabis Retail 2021 is now being consumed more than any of the other things that were presented last week. So congratulations. Oh, wow. I guess you win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I, look, it's, it says a lot because uh, you're talking about what we can expect from, um, from you know, cannabis products, cannabis trends, what retailers need to be thinking about, which is why we love talking to you on Wednesdays so we can get a preview of what the world will look like down the road based on what you guys already know. Um, what are we going to be talking about today? Yeah, so we're going to follow the theme that we started earlier this month um, and actually following another separate webinar series that BDSA has going on, uh, really diving in and celebrating the holidays. So we're thinking about eat, drink, and be merry. So today we're going to talk about drinks. Well, I, I kind of knew that, but in celebration. I love it. We're going to get right into it. Is that okay? And by the way, I'm very jealous. <laughs> That's one of the, the many, many things that I'm sad about not being able to get up to Canada is not being able to, to try out those beverages for myself. Well, you will soon enough. I don't know, maybe you won't, but soon enough you'll be okay. here or, uh, or they'll be there, I guess. The vaccine right. is coming, right? You ready to get into it? Absolutely. Great. All right, well, you, like I said, let's, uh, let's drink from our eat, drink and be merry and take a little look at uh, both the US and the Canada uh beverage market as you know from all of our prior conversations jay i love uh seeing what we can learn by looking both north and south of the border and making some comparisons uh, before we dive into beverages just a real quick grounding on the full industry uh, just a reminder when we're talking about the u.s the when we like to compare the dispensary channel in the u.s to the canadian regulated channel it's a, the closest apples to apples that we have um, and we're looking at about a $16 billion market in the US in 2020, growing to uh, almost a $35 billion market uh, with a pretty significant portion of those sales still coming from the medical market, which of course is a little bit different than what we're seeing in terms of trends for Canada, where we're looking at about 3 billion Canadian, uh, about 2.5 billion US this year. And we are still very well on track uh, for that forecast. So exciting to see, to see that come to fruition. And then if we fast forward out to 2025, looking at about a $6 billion US market, we're in a little over 8 billion uh, Canadian. And I always like to compare and kind of break down the US market by state as we have a little bit of a different dynamic there in the US where the markets are, are in some ways considered separately, even though we, we also look at them together. And if you break down state by state, you know, kind of interesting to take a look at the fact that California and Canada, so California being by far the largest US market, the largest state market right now, the largest individual market, if you're looking on a, on a market by market basis globally, um, and still expecting to see that be the same thing by 2025. But Canada and California really lockstep, kind of about the same size uh, and of course, another thing to keep in mind when we're looking at these sales numbers and this market potential, we're primarily thinking about sales of marijuana-based products, whether that be CBD or THC or other secondary cannabinoids. Um, in the U.S., at least, there's a whole separate market for the hemp-based CBD products or hemp-based products that are sold through general retail. We'll take a look at that in a minute because there's actually some really interesting implications for beverages. 
within that market. Uh, thinking about edibles specifically, um, and beverages, of course, being a subsegment of the edibles category, uh, good news for both the US and especially for Canada is we see that the edibles category is forecasted to grow at a faster rate than the market as a whole, um, especially in Canada, as we see about a three times um, increase in growth if you look at the edibles category as compared to the rest of the market uh, in Canada. And of course, we've got a lot of opportunity for Cannabis 2.0 to, to really build on the momentum that has started this year in 2020, really the first year of sales. Um, and we do expect a lot of that growth to be fueled by the beverage category. Uh, cannabis, Canada edibles, of course, as you see there, about 6% of dollar sales today. Uh, certainly expect to see them at the very least in the realm that we see in, in the US, which is more around 15%, uh, perhaps even higher as a percentage, uh, really depending on that category makeup as we look into the outer years of that five-year forecast. Beverages specifically in the US uh, varies a little bit market by market, but in general, about 5% of edible sales in the US come from beverages. Uh, that can be as high as about 7% in some markets, a little bit even lower in some other markets, you know, 3, 4%, but in general, right around that 5 to 7%. Really interesting to see in Canada. Now, keep in mind, edibles as a whole, still a smaller percentage of overall sales. But when we look at edibles and how beverages play within that edibles category, we can see some really interesting growth um, happening in 2020 as the beverage categories and the, as the beverages brands got online, especially starting in kind of those summer months and into the later, later months of the year. Uh, full 23% of edible sales coming from, uh, coming from beverages in October of 2020 uh, in the markets that BDSA tracks and up in Canada. So we can all probably agree that at least within the US, the early cannabinoid beverage products really weren't the right products in the market for, uh, for the mainstream general cannabis consumer. They tended to be very, very high THC, high potency, um, a lot of shots, um, a lot of products that were intended to really focus on and maximize that THC milligram per dollar equation um, that just really didn't necessarily translate into a great consumer experience. Uh, so when we think about what the US has going for them versus what Canada has going for them, I think the US is certainly turning the corner and a lot of great new products and brands coming out, which we'll talk about here a little later. Uh, but also um, a little bit, we've talked about this before, Jay, a little bit of that cross-border, we'll say, knowledge gathering and insights, you know, being able to see what's going on in Canada with the Canadian beverage companies um, and vice versa uh, is really going to drive trends um, in both countries as we look into 2021. So if we break it down in Canada and look at the edibles versus beverage sales month by month for, uh, for the second half of the year, you can really see those sales accelerating at a pretty fast rate as distribution increased. Uh, but interesting to see that in October, uh, the beverage growth started to even out. Uh, we'll be paying very, very close attention in November and December to see if that was an anomaly or if that is 
um, a little bit of a settling of the beverage category getting to its kind of um, ideal share of the edibles category moving forward. Again, keep in mind as a, as a reminder, um, at the US, that's a 5% of, of edible sales come from beverages. So already significantly higher um, in Canada compared to what we're seeing in the US. Always a good idea to ground and remember, especially when we're talking about beverages, the importance of the CBD category. Um, and we talked about this actually even Jay a little bit last week, CBD products, how important those can be to, uh, to all cannabis products, but especially the beverage category. And when we talk about CBD, at least in the US, we wanna keep in mind that um, some of those sales are going to be coming through the general retail channel. Um, and right now we're looking at the overall market potential for the entire cannabinoid product spectrum. So everything from flower to vape to topicals, uh, sublinguals, edibles, of course, you name it. Um, in the US, when we combine the general retail channels, that gets us up to a $50 billion market in the US alone by 2025. Um, $13 billion of that coming from those non-THC cannabinoids in general retail. So that's really where your CBD products are going to live, as well as, of course, some of the other uh, additional cannabinoids that are coming out and coming onto the marketplace. Beverages specifically, uh, looking to gain traction and gain share over the next five years, even in the general mainstream uh, retail channels. Uh, so we do anticipate in the U.S. that the cannabinoid hemp CBD beverage market will be larger in general retail than it will be in the dispensary channel uh, for beverages specifically. Uh, so beverages are... are uh, estimated to be about a $2 billion category by 2025, um, and upwards of about 75% or three quarters of those sales are going to be coming from the mainstream retail channels within the U.S. Um, obviously, an interesting and different dynamic in Canada where there is not yet uh, that separation between the regulated cannabis channel and what can be sold um, in those mainstream channels. We've looked at consumption preferences before, always great to look at it again. Uh, so just as a reminder for edibles as a whole, right now, um, as per BDSA's most recent wave of consumer research, which as a reminder, this was fielded in Q1 of 2020. Um, so right when cannabis uh, 2.0 products were coming online up in Canada, uh, so interesting to see the potential for growth. And our, um, our next wave of research, by the way, Jay, is just getting wrapped up. Um, and we will be delivering that in early January. So that'll be covering Q3, Q4 of 2020. Uh, really excited to dive into those numbers and see how these numbers have shifted, particularly in Canada, but of course in the US as well, um, how these consumption and or preference numbers are going to change um, now that we have more months under our belt of sales of products being available in the regulated cannabis retail channels. Um, looking at beverages specifically, so probably not surprisingly, we see slightly smaller percentages both in uh, total consumption rates um, and certainly in preference rates as well. Um, so even in a category that's been pretty well established in the U.S., you can see just 8% of US consumers in fully legal states state that beverages are their preferred 
uh, cannabis consumption. Even lower in Canada, just 3%. Um, again, though, keep in mind, this was fielded in Q1 of 2020, uh, really before we started to see those beverages hit the shelves. Uh, so it's going to be very, very telling to see how that number shifts by Q4 of 2020 once those products have already been on the shelves. Within Canada, we see a pretty even distribution of the major breakdown of edibles products. And you can see their beverages, and we talked about this before, about 23%, so just about a quarter of the total sales from the edibles category coming from that beverage, uh, that beverage category. Uh, keeping on that CBD theme, important to see here, for a full 46% of drinks, now that's not all beverages, that's just drinks, uh, coming out of the, uh, the Canadian marketplace contained CBD in October. Um, and beverages is probably not surprising to you. The category as a whole is certainly dominated by drinks. Um, and up in Canada, carbonated drinks in particular. So about 70% of dollar sales in the beverage category come from carbonated drinks. Another important category to pay attention to in Canada, teas are about 20% of beverage sales in October. Um, when you're looking across all beverages with CBD, that number drops a little bit to about 30% of all beverages. And that's primarily because of the, some of these smaller categories like shots and powders are currently um, in Canada unlikely to contain CBD. Um, again, will be interesting as more products hit the shelves um, and more, more variety becomes available if those, uh, those sales numbers shift at all as we look into 2021. Um, in teas, we see an even higher percentage of drinks. About 68% of teas contain CBD in October, uh, which makes a lot of sense if you think about pairing of those functional ingredients um, and that experience of drinking tea with the, uh, the perceived benefits that are typically most important for CBD. So relax, unwind, um, and, um, and pain relief and, um, and, and getting into that um, sort of wellness mindset uh, that we see very, very important with the CBD user experience. So of course we're seeing rapidly evolving beverage category. Uh, always interesting to compare uh, up in Canada versus the US where in Canada, of course, we have the benefit of some really heavy hitting partnerships uh, so all the major brands in Canada, of course, uh, JVs, partnerships, investments with major Beval or CPG brands, uh, really helping to drive some of those sales. Uh, interesting, if you take a look at the top five beverage products in October of 2020, we isolated Alberta and BC here. So in Alberta, three of those top five beverages contained CBD, um, at least some CBD. Um, in BC, it's two of those top five. Now, if you expand it out to the top 10, top 20, um, certainly see a lot more of those products creeping in. Um, another thing to note, and we'll, we'll look, take a look at this as we scroll into the US products. You know, unfortunate reality uh, for us up in Canada, of course, is these beautiful, beautiful packages uh, that we see in marketing materials um, are not the packages that the consumers up in Canada get to see in the market. Uh, so very, very different dynamic than what we see in the US. Um, and quite frankly, a disadvantage uh, compared to some of the less regulated markets and what we're able to see uh, within those US products. 
Speaking of the US, also looks very similar uh, to Canada in terms of beverage category makeup, um, although a little bit less of a focus on the tea products and a little bit better focus on powdered mix. So interesting as we see some powdered mix products available up in Canada, uh, whether there's some opportunity for that category to grow as the, uh, as the market matures. Beverages are seeing some nice growth in 2019, over 20% growth compared to, um, excuse me, in 2020 compared to 2019. Um, so we are seeing this category, even though it's a, a long-standing category in the US, we are seeing a bit of a shot in the arm um, and a rejuvenation as more and more of these consumer-centric products are hitting the marketplace. Um, we're seeing these top-selling products from folks like Keef Cola, uh, folks like Dixie, Can, Ripple, um, and of course, uh, the, the absolute extracts Hi-Fi Hops um, products, which are really driving sales in the California marketplace. Um, reminder here again, beverages still small in the US, You know, 5% of edibles, um, and we see about 15 to 20% of cannabis consumers in the US stating that they consume cannabis, uh, or excuse me, cannabis beverages, depending on the market. Um, and so another thing that's interesting we see in the US, which is a different dynamic than in Canada, is that you'll have beverage players that play very strong in a single market, or maybe two markets, um, but a little bit less of a universal distribution as the, the beverage products um, are a little bit even harder than some of the other edibles and or flower products um, to get up and running in operations in multi-states. Um, so typically these top five products are going to be number one or number two in, um, in one state, maybe two states. Um, and, and interestingly enough, Keefe and Dixie, so the, the two largest beverage brands in that August to October timeframe in the U.S. aren't necessarily the top brands in um, in the particular markets, but what they have going from the, for them is they do have a wider distribution. Uh, so it will be really interesting to watch in 2021 um, as some of these additional brands expand their footprint and what that means for those uh, sales trends across the country. One other product, just we, since we talked about powders quickly to bring up, and this is kind of an interesting little example um, of a brand that's doing very well in a particular market. So Ripple, really does drive beverage sales in Colorado. Uh, so typically, as you saw in the last slide, beverage powders or powdered beverages, typically about 11% of beverage sales. In Colorado, it's actually about a third of the sales of beverage products. Um, and that is almost entirely driven by Ripple and the Ripple product. So uh, really great success story and a great example of a product um, excelling in a market. And of course, always interesting uh, with the sort of Canadian perspective to think about those products and, and what it is about them that is so successful in a specific market um, and whether there are some, some good insights to learn and to glean from those success stories. <coughs> Sorry, Jay. You need a CBD elixir. <laughs> I do, hold on. Sorry, I'm grab a drink of water. We'll take that part out. Thank you. <laughs> I was counting on you being able to do that. <laughs> uh, finally, important to remember that, especially in the US, and certainly as we're seeing uh, the products jumping up in the bestseller lists in Canada as well, 
that the hemp CBD or CBD beverages in general really are just getting started um, and have a lot of runway, both in the US and in Canada. Um, definitely the big question for the Canadian market, of course, is when, or I guess I suppose we could say if, uh, those sales will be allowed into additional channels of distribution the way that they are tracking in the US. Um, and what that's going to mean for market share by channel, um, if and when that is able to happen. Um, another thing we're keeping an eye on for 2021, hopefully as a big positive for the Canadian market, is the changes or the potential changes, I should say, to the possession equivalency units for beverages, um, expanding out and giving a little bit more flexibility on how consumers are able to purchase their cannabis beverages, whether they be CBD or of course THC focused. Um, it's worth saying again, as we mentioned, uh, beverages in the US forecasted to be a, 20, a $2 billion category by 2025. Um, and they're forecasted to be a $400 million category in Canada uh, by 2024. Um, so one year, one year quicker there. Um, so regardless of the uncertainties, of course, there's a lot of excitement and a lot of upside around, around this category. Um, and I do believe CBD beverages in particular. So before we drop off, um, taking a step back from looking at our crystal ball in the very, very long term to look at our crystal ball in the uh, bit of the shorter term and looking to the very near future, the holiday season, uh, we do expect to track some nice growth for the beverage category through the month of December. Um, even looking at the US uh, with beverages as a very established category, um, isolating out the kind of holiday season sales, um, you can see that beverages saw the biggest bump in sales um, of um, a number of sort of small, and I, I won't say giftable, uh, but, but small holiday themed categories there, even more so than topicals, um, edibles, of course, and then vape there. Uh, which really does make a lot of reason or a lot of sense. You think about uh, one of the top reasons consumers uh, state that they like to consume beverages is to relax and be mellow. Um, and what could be better uh, during the holiday season uh, than to relax and be mellow with your favorite cannabis beverage, um, as I believe Jay, you're doing right now. He's selling me out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because I'm jealous. I wish uh, that I could be doing the same thing. <laughs> well, you could, but it sounds like you have to mix your own in Colorado. Um, <laughs> it's. I wish I had saved the tweets um, from pre-legalization, pre-sort of adult use legalization days, where there were all these comparisons saying cannabis beverages will never be a thing, that some major investments into these products by major players here in Canada were overblown, silly, that's not the way people consume it. But it sounds, A, that sounds wrong. B, it is a growth segment in a growing market. Like it, it, there seems to be a lot to, going for it. They, I, by personal experience, they are getting better. Um, I, I think the equivalency, like if you could buy a six pack, it would make a big difference. Like it, it has seen success even given regulatory challenges and the newness of it all. Um, but something struck me funny. You said uh, in the beverage category in the States, it was mostly sort of high THC sort of shots, like five hour energy type of, of products. Um, it strikes me that Health Canada may have gotten this one right to keep the actual limits low, which has actually driven consumers into the market. The one thing that'd be great if you could buy a six pack of low, low beverage, like that is a real 
it, something's happening here. This is a net new thing that people are doing, which seems to me there'd be all kinds of opportunity. I, I couldn't agree more. And that whole idea of a sessionable drink um, and an experience where you can, if not completely mimic um, an alcoholic uh, drink occasion, uh, but something that's going to be a strong substitute. And, and we've talked about sort of those occasions before and actually a little preview for next week. Uh, we'll talk more about that next week as well. Great. Uh, kind of when, when are the right occasions and what are those opportunities for cannabis? And quite frankly, what are those potential threats for, uh, for the alcohol industry? And I think it's, it's no small coincidence uh, that there are so many major alcohol brands creating partnerships and JVs and investments um, into the cannabis beverage space. Um, does it have room to grow and room to evolve? Absolutely. Uh, but I think to your point that that just points to more opportunity and, and more excitement down the road. Yeah, I'm going to say something that I know will never happen, certainly not here. <laughs> but um, if I were a uh, provincial alcohol seller, I would want to get these on my shelf immediately. Because 100%. Right, because you're losing yeah. this very specific slice of market share to someone like it just there's going to be some interesting uh, consumer behavior, some retail behavior, some regulatory behavior. I just think it's going to be a really interesting time to watch and who better to watch it with on Wednesday mornings than Liz Tahura. Agreed. <laughs> well, enjoy uh, the day. We will connect with you uh, down the road and next week, but thanks Liz. All right. Thanks so much, Shay.